Hey folks, make sure to stay up to date on all the latest episodes by following us at Get Wrecked Podcast on Instagram and Facebook. Or if you have any recommendations you'd like to hear us review on the show, you can contact us directly via email. Or, I don't know, maybe you just want to send us some feet pics. You creep, I don't know what you're into. I don't care. We'll review those too. What do you think of that, huh? In any case, all your requests, feedback, and general criticism of the straight white patriarchy can be sent to getrectpod at gmail.com. That's G-I-T-R-E-C-D-P-O-D at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. Usually what gets edited out are just like long pauses when we're thinking. Sure. Or... Um, a lot of times me, when I'm trying to think of a point, I'm like, um, uh, 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 mm, uh. <laughs> I do that too. Yeah. Think, uh. You don't do it nearly as much as I do. So, okay. Here's a question for you. Just cause my, that's how my brain works is I kind of like, like stumble over thoughts. Like, yeah. Cause I know where I want to go, but I struggle to get there. I was just going to ask you how your brain works. So I was having a conversation with, Chrissy through text mm-hmm. and we were she was asking like friends within our circle of friends how their brain works like how, do they have an inner monologue um and I said no because my brain doesn't have any type of inner monologue does yours it's, like when you're thinking what do you mean exactly by inner monologue like do I talk to myself in my brain yeah yeah do you talk to yourself to your in your brain in English? Yeah. I, okay. I, I vocalize the thoughts in my head. Okay. I don't. Interesting. Yeah. It's it's all um, the way that my brain processes that information is it's basically a I don't know how to describe it other than like a single pinpoint of a focused thought process in an instant and my brain moves faster than what my lips can do so i'll think about a paragraph to say in an instant and then say that paragraph okay i don't know how else to describe it (laughs) but but i think that it really helps me ad lib and go off go off base because like every best man speech that i wrote like that's a lie i didn't write i just did it off the cuff I did Collins that way. I did Bolton's that way. And I did Andy's that way. Yeah. And like any speaking event that I do, either it be for a school or if we go out and do a presentation somewhere, I just go off the cuff and I just kind of look at my notes and say that these are the things that I want to talk about. And then my brain just maps it out and I just start talking. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I get that. I, so in the sense of like conversation, I don't really have inner monologue. Right. Um, I'm more so like if I'm by myself, if I'm thinking through something, I do have inner monologue. Like I okay. kind of like talk to myself in my brain or I'll picture myself talking to somebody else. Like not necessarily an actual person. I don't, but I, I'm just talking as sure. if I were talking to somebody, but it's, yeah. it's all up in my brain. Yeah. In conversation, I think... Um, a lot of times I will, I'll have, I'll have an endpoint. I'll know where I'm starting and I'll know I have an endpoint and I know they connect. 
Okay. But I don't necessarily know how they connect. So it's kind of like you ever try to like cross a stream and you don't want to get wet. So there's rocks that go across the stream. So you're trying to hop from one to the next. Yeah. um, And not fall in. Uh Uh-huh. That's kind of me point A to point B when I have a when I have a thought. Okay. Or or have a point I want to make. I'm like, okay, I know this is where I'm gonna get to, and this is where I'm gonna start, and I'm gonna figure out the path as I get there. And sometimes I like to start at the be start somewhere that I shouldn't start to get to that point <laughs> just because it's funnier. Yeah. You're like, see, the thing about Hitler, and then <laughs> right, and then where I end is like, so carnivals are pretty cool. I guess. <laughs> but I'm like, I'll find, and it's just fun for me to do that. Yeah. <laughs> Hey folks, and welcome back to another edition of Get Wrecked, the only podcast on this side of the multiverse where two buds take turns recommending and reviewing some of their favorite pop culture hits, hidden gems, and oddities. I'm of course your host and resident silly boy Thor, joined today as always by my co-host and friend. He's the chickadee china, the Chinese chicken. He had a drumstick, his brain started sicking, now he's watching X-Files with no lights on. It's Micah. That's right. <laughs> I continue the rest of it, but that's all I know. <laughs> I'm not even sure if that was right. You're close. But I was I was singing that yeah. today and I'm like, God, bare naked ladies. Whatever happened to those guys? Yeah, they had a couple good hits. And then they did the bang you know what happened was the Big Bang Theory. They did the Big Bang Theory and What do you what do you mean? The royalties off the Big Bang Theory. They're done. Oh, they, they did the like the theme song? Uh huh. Nice. Good yeah. for them. Yeah, they did the the theme song for the Big Bang Theory. They're done. They don't need anything. I think um, I think that the lead singer was asked in an interview how much royalties or how like how they're doing because they did kind of drop off the face of the earth as a band. And he said, "Dude, from the Big Bang Theory, like my great grandchildren can go to college." <laughs> it's like it's been one of the biggest shows in yeah. the last twenty years. Yeah, he said the royalties from it have been insane. So that's, I would do the same thing. Like, oh, you want to pay me just to give me a check every month for the next, I mean, how many seasons did that thing run? Too many. Because yeah. it fucking sucks. It's so <laughs> stupid. So dumb. The, yeah. My favorite thing and about that big... whole show, I'll tell you every line, every line in that show. Yeah. They run into some kind of problem. Mm-hmm. And the guy goes, something Star Trek or something math and everybody's like ha 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 he's a nerd that's yep. that's every line in that show yeah basically something 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 Jim Kirk something <laughs> something something Luke Skywalker and then fucking ha 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 have you, so, have it's you... a great cast that's I mean but I, I can't stand that show because of because of it because of the writing it's just have pandering you... garbage. Sure, absolutely. As a <laughs> as a nerd, I would agree. Have you seen any clips of that show without the laugh track? No. It's, in my opinion, even funnier because you realize that they they wait, like they they deliver their lines and then they yeah wait. And they pause for the laugh they yeah. pause for the laugh and then they continue the thing. But a lot of the comedy is them insulting each other, so. They're just doing these really, really snarky, backhanded, just like passive aggressive 
things they're like oh yeah sure i bet you'd like to go ahead and have a blah 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 and then they just don't talk yeah and then and then they like just like if if it's an argument they just do that back and forth and if if i was in a room with two people doing that i'd be like this is really uncomfortable this isn't funny like you guys are just angry at each other yeah like there's a lot of bitterment or bitterness and resentment that's what it seems like if you watch it without the left yeah that's what i really don't care for sitcoms like multi-cam sitcoms like that yeah it's just yeah and if you like those shows that's you know if you like sitcoms and stuff like that that's fine the world needs stupid people too so yeah (laughs) (laughs) well we we have already determined that the big bang theory is pup play (laughs) yeah that is true so that's just where we're gonna go with very popular pup play very popular (laughs) pup play (laughs) Um, uh, so, so Thor, what are we getting into today, man? Today, we are discussing the early, uh, late 70s, early 80s punk band, Crass. And I'm assuming Micah's new favorite band. You <laughs> would be assuming something. Um, yeah, so now, I and I told you before I recommended this, I was like, mm-hmm. I've been kind of waiting to do this one to build trust between us. Sure. Because I think this can be a hard pill to swallow. And if you came at it or like if you came in today and were like, I this is the worst thing I've ever heard, I would get it. My feelings would not be hurt, (laughs) but I think it's something interesting. So um, with that being said, first thoughts. (laughs) So my first thoughts, um, this isn't music. (laughs) it's it's not music i mean it kind of is but not really um it's okay so you gave me a list uh you made a playlist for me and i listened to those things and when you that playlist will be in the description of this episode yeah so if you haven't listened yet go ahead it's not super long no it is hard to get through it'll feel really long probably yeah Um, for that i apologize but Uh, deal with it yeah yeah take a take a listen to it um it is definitely an interesting list Uh, it's an interesting batch of songs and when you gave that to me you said it starts good and it just gets worse yes that's basically how you described it like the the first stuff is is better and it's easier to get through because i didn't want you to hit on shuffle and hit some of the songs towards (laughs) the end right away because some of them are really rough listens so yeah that's um it's interesting that you presented it to me that way because the my favorite song that out of all of it was Big A Little A, which is I'm pretty sure the first song on that playlist. It's their best song. And my least favorite song was the Nagasaki Nightmare song. And I'm pretty sure that's the last song on that list. Correct, yeah. So so you were pretty spot on <laughs> on figuring on figuring that out. Um, there were ups and lows kind of as I went through the whole thing. Um, but it is unapologetically punk, like unapologetically. Yeah. There, there were some things that I liked about it, but they were kind of, they were smaller instances of the overall larger experience. Sure. That makes sense. Uh, and it's not that I disliked this there was it, there was never a time where i'm like this sucks i was never like that 
But I think that the context with the time that they were making their music, where they were at, and the message that they were trying to convey, I think all of that outweighed the music for me. And it was tough for me to to listen and like really get into the music with the context of what they're singing or with the content of what, what they're singing about. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, and I mean, admittedly, and this music has kind of been described as they kind of were part of this scene that became called avant punk. Yeah. You know, because it is very, a lot of it's avant garde. It is experimental. Very you know, much a, so. There's a lot of weird stuff. And to keep in mind, this music was made between 1978 and 1984. Yeah. There was nothing else that sounded like this. There was stuff that was, you know, similar, but nobody made music that sounded the way they did. And their first, first and foremost, this was a vehicle for them attempting to enact political change. Yeah. I think that's, that is very apparent with their music to me. Like some bands, you can tell that they're in it for the music and they want to just play music and jam out. And like, that's the, the important part. With these guys, I think that the music is secondary. I think that the message is more important on their end. Absolutely. That. Give you a little bit of history on them. They actually have a very interesting history and we'll kind of go through that as we talk about it. Yeah. Um, but so they started um, essentially as... Uh, they formed, they were part of an anarchist community uh, living in like a 16th century cottage somewhere in Essex. And basically a couple of the guys who lived in this, and they were basically, it's an anarchist community. It's a bunch of guys squatting. Okay. It's what it is, <laughs> like, right. really. And they kind of got together, became friends and were inspired by like the Clash and Bowie and just, decided to start their actually their name comes from a Bowie song. Okay. So in uh Ziggy Stardust there's a line that says the kids were just crass. Oh, that's, okay. That's and where they got their That's where they got the name. Name from. Yeah, so that was their first and foremost kind of thing they were about. And they were very interested that a lot of their live shows they actually did multimedia stuff which really hadn't been done. They would have projectors playing behind them. That's cool. With uh you know, different like collages and things going on behind them when they would play. And they had horrible lighting. They would play really low lighting with these big projectors on the back. And then they would walk around and hand out pamphlets hmm. to people explaining their anarchist, you know, beliefs. Sure. Yeah, that's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing. I like the idea of, of doing more than just playing music at the show. That's a um that's a cool idea. One of there's a band that I really like called May. It's M A E, and they stand. It stands for multisensory aesthetic experience. And their whole thing was that they wanted to incorporate more of the senses into their show rather than just hearing. So they would do things purposely that would incorporate smell or incorporate sight. So they would do like three um, D. Like they would have a screen and they would play 3d visions of like wavelengths and warping and that type of thing yeah and then when you bought a ticket they would give you 3d glasses and so you'd watch the, them play with these like red and blue 3d glasses on yeah nice and and the background behind them was like all wavy and things like that that's very or cool. um they would have a song 
there is a song called The Ocean, and when you came in, they would give you a scratch and sniff sticker or thing, and you were supposed to scratch it at that point. They would have a little icon up in the on the stage so that everybody would scratch it. And because everybody's like sweaty and gross inside, the humidity just takes the smell into the air and it smells like the ocean, like salt water type of thing at the concert. That's very cool. They would do stuff like that. Yeah, so, so see, that's a, actually a lot like crass, but except replace 3D visions and nice smelling things with like projected <laughs> pictures of children starving yeah, and buildings that, being exploded. Such an uplifting thing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, these guys were born out of, because in the you know mid-70s, the Sex Pistols came out. Okay. And the Ramones came out. And the Sex Pistols were created... They were essentially created. Most of them could barely play music. And it was created by a guy named Malcolm McLaren and a lady named Vivian Westwood. They ran like kind of like a a, a clothing shop. Yeah. Um, and they were, you know, anarchists as well. And the band was put together. They could barely play music. But it was put together deliberately to to shake up society. Yeah. That was the vision. Um, and that's kind of like the roots of punk and where it started. Yeah. So especially in England, like America kind of had like the Ramones and the New York dolls and stuff like that. So the American punk scene kind of developed a little bit differently than the English punk scene, which was always rooted heavily in politics. Yeah. Well, I, I knew that punk was connected to politics or at least political movements, but it's not a genre of music that I'm thoroughly fond of yeah so i've never really investigated it yeah i think well, it's an interesting thing using music as an outlet to spread a message i think is very powerful yeah um so i can definitely understand them doing it i'm just kind of ignorant to to everything that was going on yeah. at the time or you know the roots of it sure yeah and well and some you know some bands really aren't political at all it's just about anger and the frustration of youth and just sure. playing music as fast as you could and being poor and angry. Yeah. And then there were some like crass, the, you know, a prime example who was fully always a political message. Always yeah. what they were trying to do was enact, you know, change. Do you, do you know if, and I'm sure that I'm sure that they had a ripple effect in society. How about music? Are there, do you know of any artists that are that cite Crass as either an inspiration to their music or because they they did some stuff that reminded me of other bands like they they did some stuff that kind of reminded me of old System of a Down music like from their Spiders album. I would not be surprised if System of a Down was a huge fucking fan of Crass, considering their whole political movement yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, that's actually I hadn't even thought about that until you just said that. Ooh, yeah. Side note, interesting fact. Uh, Chop Suey, mm -hmm. that song. So um, recently, as of this recording, Rick Rubin was on uh, the Joe Rogan podcast. And it was a very, they were having a very interesting conversation. Um, but Rick Rubin, uh, he had produced that, that album. Mm -hmm. And he was saying during uh, Chop Suey, you know, the breakdown where he's like, Father, to my hands, yeah. I commend your spirit. So they had that part written. They had the song written, but that kind of breakdown part, he didn't have lyrics for. And he was just like, I just can't. He's like, I can't come up with lyrics. And Rick Rubin, this wise little chubby bearded man, 
There's something different about that guy. The Gandalf of music. There is something, exactly. There is something different about that guy. But he was just like, grab a book off my bookshelf. And he's like, okay. And he goes and grabs a random book. He's like, open it up to any random page and and put your finger down somewhere. And I don't know what the book was, but he landed on that phrase. That's the Bible. Oh, was it? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's so. According to Rick Rubin, that's how it. You that's know, Serge went and grabbed the book, grabbed the Bible, and opened up to that verse, and that yeah. became that breakdown. That's when Jesus is getting crucified. Okay, that's that's him re- calling out to God, and the the text in Aramaic is Elahi, Elahi, Lava Sabachthani which translates to father father why have you forsaken me okay i thought it was from moby dick me well (laughs) (laughs) maybe maybe moby dick said it that whale (laughs) he was praying to the whale god to the whale god yeah yeah (laughs) i'm pretty sure that the whale god was in moon knight right oh yeah well so yeah sorry side note there that's pretty cool though it was interesting well yeah, that's that's wild because that to be honest, that bridge I think makes that song. I think lyrically, it like puts that whole song together. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Which is is strange that he didn't even know was Serge writing or was was Darren? I'm sorry. Yeah, was Serge the singer writing or was Darren the guitar player writing for that one? Perhaps, I'm not sure. Not sure. Yeah, honestly. Okay. Yeah. Um. Back to. Crass. Crass. And I wouldn't be surprised if they influenced System of a Down. Yeah. Um, so they were some real rascals. So musically, I don't know. Um, but there is some fun and interesting stories about them. Because they oh, yeah? actually became pretty a pretty big thing in the punk community and in society while they were active. Um, big. So they liked... They yeah, liked so to, big how? They liked to get up to trouble. Okay. <laughs> It's very punk of so, them. So let me find. Uh, got some notes here. Oh boy! All right. So the two gr- the two lady singers who came on they came on later, and the first album they were on I believe is an album called Penis Envy. Okay. Um, and that really that whole album is just the female singers. Is that it? Okay. Cover artwork for that is a sex doll. Okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. All right. Moving so, on. Um. The last track on that album is a parody of uh, an M.O.R. love song entitled Our Wedding. Okay. I'm not sure what that means, but basically a popular love song. Okay. Kind of like a a parody of that. And it was made available on just a disc by itself as a single. So they contacted a a magazine called Loving, a teenage romance magazine. They tricked the magazine into offering the disc... Posing as creative recording and sound services. Crass. Creative recording and sound services. Wow. And got them to distribute the magazine with a copy of the discs wow. in there. Of one of their songs into a teenage girl's romance magazine. <laughs> and I guess nobody checked. Nobody listened to it? I guess nobody, not. Nobody goes. And uh, okay. the magazine accepted the offer. Telling their readers that the free crass flexi, I, that's a disc, I guess, yeah. would make 
your wedding day just that bit extra special. Oh my gosh. A tabloid controversy resulted when the hoax was exposed <laughs> uh, with the news of the world stating that the title of the Flexi's originating album was Too Obscene to Print. And despite Loving's annoyance, Crass actually hadn't broken any laws. But shortly after that, they started getting hit with suits for um, basically that whole album yeah. was getting pulled from shelves because in England, they don't have free speech. They, they don't have that. Yeah. So essentially, there is a the Manchester police under the direction of Chief Constable James Anderton. Sounds um, British. Any shop owners displaying this cover art, which once again was a sex, sex doll, doll. Yeah. or selling the albums. Uh, they were charged with displaying obscene articles for publication for gain. Um, so they, this is, you know, only the beginning of them being embroiled in a multitude of lawsuits and uh, essentially the government trying to come down on them for obscenity. That's crazy. Yeah. Like the government coming down on anybody is a scary thing. This as a person. You know what, though? I bet that proved their point so hard because they're talking about anarchism and th that's the way that you should go and then the government comes and shuts them down or at least tries uh -huh. to yeah and they say that it's obscene it's disgusting yeah. yeah and then so a couple years later there was they did another hoax okay known as the thatcher gate tapes so at this point in time margaret thatcher is the prime minister of england okay Ronald Reagan is the president of the United States. Yeah, so they were both. What these buds. little scamps got up to is they <laughs> made uh, essentially like a poorly edited tape. They used sound recordings of Reagan and of Margaret Thatcher. Yeah. And made a fake like recorded phone conversation between the two of them. Some of the things that it said... They appear to be discussing the sinking of HMS Sheffield during the Falklands War. Uh, that was a short war between England and Argentina. Okay. And agreed, and they also had Thatcher and Reagan agreeing that Europe would be a target for nuclear weapons in a conflict between the United States and the Soviet Union. <laughs> what? And then this got leaked to the press, and for a short period of time... They thought it was real? People thought it was real. That this was a real leaked tape of Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan discussing nuking Europe. Oh my gosh. And then, so the UK has a 30-year uh, a rule. So anything government-wise, you know, that's sealed or anything after 30 years becomes unsealed. Okay. So in 2014... Because of that 30-year rule, documents were revealed that show Margaret Pat Thatcher was personally aware of the band and of the tape and what they did. <laughs> <laughs> Just so, pissing off the Iron Lady. That's yeah, funny. They're real rascals. That is, that's very <laughs> rascally. So, <laughs> so what? They could have started a nuclear war. <laughs> If what? they had better editing. Yeah. If they had. <laughs> what was the purpose of that then? Like, because I feel like the possible just repercussions. Just to stir the pot? Just to be assholes? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't. I was thinking, as you told me the first thing, I'm like, you know, I kind of like crass. And then they did that. And I'm like, I don't know if I like crass anymore. <laughs> <laughs> like, just to be assholes? Yeah. Like, it's funny in hindsight now, but like, holy shit, man. 
if if that would have had anything done, what? That's very crazy. Yeah, they were all, they were very much unliked by a lot of people because yeah. they kind of they were fully their message was always pacifism. Yeah, they were fully anti-establishment, anti-religion, pro-feminism, pro-environmentalism. Uh, sure, but always firmly non-aggression. Yeah, know, pacifism. What was what's which, they, There's a line that they use in a lot of their their songs talking about they say the system they refer to the system a lot i'll I'll give you guys a fair warning crass not a fan of the system not a fan (laughs) of the system at all yeah if you're a fan of the system (laughs) this ain't for you this ain't for you (laughs) (laughs) um i don't know something about peace there's a quote that ends with like peace i don't know never mind they talk about peace a lot they were what's kind of refer to as peace punks they kind of yeah. started the movement because punk generally was a very kind of like violent movement a lot of times yeah not always but i mean a lot of times it was very aggressive and they actually it's not on the list but one of the songs they made uh is called punk is dead okay because this was a scene they came up in and they were basically fuck punks oh yeah so basically all the people all their fans and stuff they're like fuck you you're your trend, your fashion trend of punk music sucks. It's dead, and you killed it because they were there was a lot of violence and were criti- critical of other punk bands. Okay, because there were different factions. There were like neo Nazis, and then Jeez. there was also you know fully anti Nazi, anti fascist right. ones. And when the anti fascist punks attacked the Nazi punks, they were like, "You guys are assholes." You're creating division in what's supposed to be this musical movement. Huh. And and everybody on that side is just like, just we're beating up Nazis. <laughs> we're, we're the good guys. But they're like, no, you're the assholes because you started it. You yeah. shouldn't. They're like, you're creating the divisions. If they want to believe stupid stuff, let them believe it. Yeah. And a lot of their music had, you know, they intentionally made their music. Uh, where they would have conflicting points from one song to another. Yeah. Intentionally to their goal was to, in their words, let people make up their own fucking minds. Well, I'm all about that. That's a great yeah. idea. Yeah, I, I enjoy that but, quite a bit. Yeah, they were not loved by the system, <laughs> not really loved by a lot of people in the punk community because they literally just trashed everybody. Everyone. Wow. <laughs> and kind of had a, you know, honestly, if you look at it, kind of a bit of a, a snobby perspective of like, we know it all. We have all the answers. You're all idiots. Yeah. That kind of was, unfortunately, a little bit of kind of their vibe. What their vibe was. I mean, it's... The music was... It was interesting, man. It was interesting. It just... It just kept going a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> like, it didn't stop. And it was just like... On loop. Yeah. And, I listening to it on Spotify. I'm really glad actually that I listened to a lot of it on Spotify because Spotify has the lyrics for a lot of stuff now. Oh, really? That's yeah. Cool. So somebody has to put them in, but I guess since Crass has been around since the 70s and 80s, they've had time that somebody's like, oh yeah, let's, yeah. you know, put the lyrics in for this. It helped a lot because I couldn't really. They're very British. They're yeah. like really, really British, and yeah. not. And I've been listening to these songs since I was a. Like, since I was like a teenager. Yeah. So I know a lot of the lyrics. Sure. So I think the same thing happened with Fuji's where I was like, you were like, I didn't really catch all the lyrics. Same thing happened to me when I listened to Coheed and I was like, I didn't really catch the lyrics. Yeah. 
I'm yeah. starting to really, you really have to listen to a song a lot before you start to really like know and absorb the lyrics. Yeah. Unless it's maybe like a country song or a pop song where they're more, they're intentionally very clear. Sure. Yeah. It's, um, it's very interesting. Yeah. It's really, really interesting because you're right. Their lyrics they were not poetic. Like, their lyrics are not poetic at all. And, <laughs> no, it's and, run it down your throat. Yeah. This is the truth, and I'm giving it to you whether you yeah. like it or not. And the, the, reason that I, the reason that I started out with saying it's not music is because I feel like a lot of it, well, one, when it's more, when it's closer to what I think of as punk music, like, quote unquote, punk music, it's not very in-depth punk music. And they're not really singing to it. They're just kind of yelling more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But Well, the girls sing. She she sings a in a bit. weird way, man. <laughs> they, yeah. it's, a, it's almost like opera. It's almost like the tiptoe through the tulips guy. Yeah. That's kind of where like they're yeah, singing. Steve it, Ignorant, he's the guy. Yeah. Um, he he definitely is just rah, 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 just yeah, yelling. He's just yelling. Yeah. So I mean, that's what it was, though. That right. Really was the style. Right. And I can I can appreciate having this movement that you're doing, and and I can appreciate using music to push that movement. All of those things I think are kind of cool. I don't necessarily agree with all of the things that they are pushing. Oh, sure. But, yeah. But I think it's neat to to have that motivation and stick with it and, and like go with it and actually make something of it. I think that that's pretty cool. Yeah. So I could appreciate what they were doing. I didn't particularly care for much of the music. Yeah. But so at, vocals, vocals. No, you don't like the vocals. Not at all. What about the drums? Drums are good. I mean, it is, it's, it's fast. It's all snare drum. Basically. Yeah. They really just use the snare, but I love like, in the songs where like it's it's literally the drum style they play would be like it sounds like you're a war march yeah a lot of the times yeah and and there would be parts of songs where the singing would stop and the guitars would stop and it would just be drums for a little bit yeah i don't know if they're like trying to catch a breath or trying to catch the timing <laughs> again yeah. i don't know what's going on but usually with that i'm like okay this like i'm starting to get into this and then the music would come in and I'm like, okay, it's not, you know, this is, this is not bad. And then it's, I'm like, I don't know. You kind of lost me. So drums are cool. What about the bass? I like the bass. The bass lines yeah, are sick. I like the bass, admittedly. There, it's, they, it has a very, um, a very like bouncy feel. Yeah. Okay. So I like. What about the, and what about the guitar parts? Some of the guitar parts are are, are kind of cool. Yeah. When they get into the more experimental stuff, they start to lose me a little yeah. bit. So, so well, like I the, think that stuff's intentionally. Once again, that's kind of sometimes they get real into like a K hole of music. Just, yeah. <laughs> just like they're just they're just going like just thrash and experimental avant garde. Like, yeah. Well, these are the sounds of distress. Yeah. Well, and that's that's part of the reason that when I say I didn't like the Nagasaki Nightmare song. I didn't like it as a song. It was very, very interesting to listen to, but I just wouldn't classify it as, as I don't know. I mean, yeah, sure. I guess it's music. Like who, it, who am I to say that something is or is I, not I music? I don't feel like that one is music. It, but it's, I feel like that is 
and ex- I think that's experimental. I think that's the definition of the word experimental. Yeah, because that's not a song, right? Because it's, it's it's just a piece notes. Of- it's it's like long notes of of things, and think it's not. There's no melody to it. There's no timing to it. There's it's just kind of it's noise. It's sound. Yeah, right? exactly. And and then on top of that noise is somebody just giving you all of this death information about like how many people were killed from the atom bombs. Yeah. And they're like, oh, and by the way, most of those people died from burning and radiation poisoning. <laughs> yeah, it's and, brutal. And they're like, and within a mile radius, everyone dead. And if they didn't die immediately, they died within a week. <laughs> yeah. Like all this, and I'm, I'm sitting here reading the lyrics and I'm like, this isn't something that I just want to listen to. Yeah, it's, it's just it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's just news like yeah, just weird drums and like small notes of music here and there. Yeah, with just like overlaid with news reports of Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Or yeah, not Nagasaki probably specifically because yeah. it's called Nagasaki Nightmare. But yeah, it yeah it, it was I don't know it was interesting it was interesting to listen to it as a whole. I probably enjoyed the experience of listening to everything. Cutting it into, do you like the music or do you not like the music? Not particularly, do I like the music? Yeah. But but everything that's going on in the background, and especially what you're telling me as far as the, the moment in time that they're making the music and the purpose of what they're doing, yeah. all of that adds intrigue to me and makes me think, oh, well, this is actually kind of a cool movement. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, cool isn't the word. That's not the right word. Um, it's interesting. Yeah, it's it's cool in that sense. Yeah, but not like man, this is, I'm gonna get behind this because I'm not a I'm not a big anarchist guy. Yeah, but <laughs> um, but it's definitely interesting to see that it's insightful, I guess. Um, and so because of that, I I enjoyed the experience of it, even if I didn't necessarily enjoy the music that they were making. That makes sense. Yeah, that's kind of how I felt with Coheed, too. Yeah. Where it was like, not necessarily for me, but it was a cool thing. Well, and I bring this this music to the table, because actually partly because of Coheed. Oh, yeah? Um, not to punish you. But, <laughs> <laughs> but no, because I was like, I hope Micah doesn't think I'm just... You motherfucker. ...think I'm punishing him. No. Yeah. Um, but we, you said something to me when we recorded the Coheed episode. You're like, I'm not sure if... I would like and have the same attachment to this music as I do had I not discovered it when I was sure you know, when I yeah. did. Yeah. It kind of. So for me, like when I was a teenager, I got into, a, I got to a point where I kind of, I remember discovering punk music. Okay. And I was like, it's so cool. And, you know, I got, I had the spiked hair and the leather jacket with the studs and like punk is a, it's a lifestyle music. It's a it's a trend. It's a fashion as mm-hmm. well as so it's a whole thing, and just for whatever reason that spoke to me, and I got super into that. Mm-hmm. And then I started kind of after a while, I started to go through this period where I'm like, why do I have my hair spiked? And and I had to worry about like, am I punk enough, or are they going to call me a poser if I don't? And I, I started getting disillusioned with it a little bit. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, we're just it's a it's a fashion trend and these people are assholes and it's not you know what i mean it's it's not what they're saying it's supposed to be about and then that's around the time when i discovered crass okay and crass whole thing at that time all the punk musicians and all the people in the punk scene 
once again, mohawks, big Liberty spiked hair, sure, leather jackets, S and M gear, bondage gear, yeah, combat boots. And Crass didn't dress like that at all. They wore nothing but black military fatigues, no crazy hair, no crazy outfits. And once again, that's one of the things they got criticized for. But they saw through that bullshit. And they so, were like, this is a trend. It's a fad. You guys are just wearing a uniform. So so they got criticized by the punk community based yeah. on the clothing that they were or were not wearing? Yeah, exactly. That's interesting. And okay. this whole fucking movement that's supposed to be about be who you want to be. Do what you want to do. Okay. Self-expression. And they got criticized because they wore plain black military fatigues. Sure. Didn't have crazy hair. Because they were doing their own thing. They didn't get drunk. They didn't get... They did, but like they wouldn't get drunk and high at shows and stuff like yeah. that. And all their music kind of very intelligent, even though like sometimes it's not eloquent. No, it was very the, insightful the, though. Yeah, it is... You know, very insightful. And And there's some tongue-in-cheek humor in there, too. Yeah. And and I I think that you've got to have some intelligence to poke fun at it in the way that you did. So when I first heard this, I became, like, obsessed. And I bought all this stuff. Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah. Like, full-on, like, the anarchy, the whole peace punk movement. Sure. Um, And a lot of the stuff still, it did and still kind of shapes the way I view a lot of things. Because... This band opened me up to viewing things in a way that I never had. That's cool. And, like I said, and they were the first punk band I ever heard that was like, fuck the punk scene. Punk is dead. Yeah. Um, the one song on there, it's towards the end. It's called Ain't It Just a Ripoff. Mm-hmm. And that's another one of those songs where they're just calling out the community that they're part of. Like, fuck you all. You're, <laughs> you guys are the reason this stuff doesn't work and it sucks. So for me, this was a big part of who I am as a person today. Okay, that's and very cool. Although, had I never heard it and I listened to it today, I'd be like, what idiots? Anarchy, <laughs> you stupid idiots. <laughs> are you, are you are, what? You don't, you you like roads? Because I do. I like having a road to drive on. Sure, yeah, that's, yeah. roads are nice. How, how cool is anarchy when somebody comes and robs your house? Are you just going to rely on yourself or are you going to call the cops? Yeah. So, it's one of those things... Although I feel very differently mm-hmm. <laughs> about the uh, political stances and issues, yeah, um, as I did when I discovered it, it definitely shaped kind of the way I view authority and look at things. And big A, little A uh-huh. says it all. Just be exactly who you want to be. Do what you want to do. Yeah, I am me. She is she. You're the only you. And they were the first punk band that said that. It said. Fuck the trends. Fuck this fashion uniform that they want you to wear. Yeah. Just be yourself and do your own thing. That's pretty. Yeah. So I actually wrote down a line that I think was from Big A, Little A as well. And the line says, don't destroy the people, destroy their power and their greed. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a cool line. Yeah. Like that was a cool lyric. One of their, um, I think, I don't know if it's actually from a song or if it was just like part of their logo yeah. or like their promo stuff. But it was always, uh, their whole thing was fight war, not wars, destroy power, not people. So, That's cool. Yeah. Um, which I can get behind. They, I mean, these guys are basically hippies. They're angry hippies. <laughs> <laughs> because England had the same thing as America did. The yeah. whole hippie movement in mm-hmm. the 60s. I guess just but angrier. Then, but then they all, well, no, the, 
the hippie oh, okay. movement in the 60s and stuff like that. Okay. But after Woodstock, it became very clear that those people weren't doing anything. They were just sitting around, getting high, having sex with each other, and they weren't really doing anything. And sure. they all ended up dead of overdoses or just doing nothing, just addicted to drugs, doing nothing. And they really didn't. Like, the hippie movement was a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Huge failure. Those people didn't do anything because all they did was sit around <laughs> and get high. Get high and have sex, yeah. And so the punk movement, like the next 10, like 10 years later, these guys are pretty much hippies. They have the same ideals and philosophies, but they're like, we're going to do something about it. Well, that's good. I mean, showing that action at least is that, that's a mindset that I yeah. can get behind. Angry hippies. Angry hippies. <laughs> that's, that's crass. That's crass. That's funny. I, I looked into their, because I am who I am, I looked into their logo a little bit because I thought, this is an interesting logo. And did you look into that at all as far as like where they got uh, their logo Are you talking from? about the the cross being, yeah. being X'd out with an Ouroboros? So, yeah, they they took inspiration from the Christian cross, the Ouroboros, and also a swastika. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a neat looking logo. It is very it's cool. It's kind of yeah. cool looking. I'm curious who in their group may have made that or if just based on our conversation i don't feel like they would pay somebody to make that i feel oh no i feel like one of they were part they did a lot of like like in england in at this time period the the anarchists and stuff a lot of times they would do like squats is what they would call them where they would just go into a place and just be there and be like get rid of us <laughs> so they would just like truly imagine, imagine that mindset the first like, the first show they ever played was oh man let's see let's see if i can find this yeah um, just i'm here now and uh you're gonna have to deal with it i dare you to move me the balls that they have on there that's okay yeah so the very first gig they ever played uh at a school uh, in quotes, squatted street festival in Huntley Street, North London. So basically, just all these people just went to a street in North London and just set up a street festival right there just on right the spot. There. And they had five songs to play. They got through a couple before somebody pulled the plug, like a neighbor came and pulled the plug. <laughs> but yeah, that's <laughs> that was a big part of this movement is they would just go squat places. They would just take over a street and be like, we're here now. We're doing it. Wow. No permits or anything. <laughs> so oh, my gosh. Very, very DIY and very, yeah. you know, it was kind of a whole collective and a community of anarchists. Yeah. Well, that's if you want to do anarchy, you really have to you really have to count on the community. Uh, well, like, and there is going to be a recommendation coming down the line. Oh, yeah. For if you watch it before, that's fine. We just want. But it's a documentary <laughs> called The Anarchists on HBO Max. And it's from a a story from a few years ago where a bunch of people uh, tried to set up an anarchist community Mm -hmm. in, uh, I believe it's Acapulco, Mexico. Okay. They went there. It was a bunch of expats from America, went and set up shop in Acapulco, set up like an anarchist community. Huh. Spoiler alert, didn't work out so great. (laughs) Yeah. Because it's, it's, not, it's not one of those things, it's like communism or socialism or... Good on paper. Or, you know, pure capitalism. All those things, they're perfect on paper. Sure. But once you actually enact them, 
yeah the flaws, <laughs> never goes the flaws quite the way you think yeah. it's gonna go yeah that's so. that's an interesting okay well I'll, I'll purposely not watch that in fact i've already forgotten the name of it so cool <laughs> <laughs> so we're good we're good on that yeah we're yeah. good on that um so oh one i did so i did put a, a little treat kind of in the middle of that playlist there was one song that wasn't a crass song in there <laughs> so, it's called can't cheat karma yeah what did you think about that one or do you know what you know which one i'm talking about? i know what song you're talking about i didn't listen to it oh really because it wasn't crass oh I'm, it, i put it in there because <laughs> i forgot to tell you about that i did put it in there yeah. as a um this is kind of we'll listen to it after we record yeah it's by a band called zounds yeah it's kind of from the same time and kind of doing a similar thing to crass okay but i would say it's much more listenable okay it kind of has the same message and kind of has uh a similar feel musically gotcha but it's much more easy listening okay it, you can it's much more enjoyable yeah i think as just a okay as just as, a regular <laughs> that's funny Sorry, so i forgot to tell you that no that's so y- you know how sometimes if you put on music on spotify they'll try and sneak in a song from like somebody else who's close to but not necessarily sure. yeah that's what i thought happened and I'm no. like, oh, they just think I want to listen to punk music. Skip. <laughs> <laughs> that one's actually really good. <laughs> I'm so annoyed. I probably would have liked that one more than all the other ones. I So let me give you some songs I wrote down my thoughts. Okay. Um, cool. th- for the song, I Know There Is Love. I gave that a thumbs down. That one is a true, that one is the one where I think he even mentions hippies or something like oh, that, yeah. where he's like, the, you want to shit on the hippies, but yeah, you don't like, I know there's love. I gave it a thumbs down. Yeah, that one's I, one of those I, that kind of drones on okay. it. Uh, Bata Motel, B-A-T-A Motel. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure how to say, I always say Beta Motel. Ba- maybe. But that's yeah, not beta. how you spell Beta, so yeah. yeah, I don't know. I gave that one a thumbs up. That one's, yeah. that one is incredible. That's the most that song shaped my views on feminism for yeah. a life to come. I just liked how, because it's it's her basically saying, oh, you want me to do this? Oh, you want me to do this? And it's like looking at herself with through the eyes of a man really cynically. Yeah. And, and yeah. actually, fun fact. So, I, you know how I was telling you when the Penis Envy album came out, they pulled that stunt. Yeah. And then there was basically the constables of Manchester like intentionally trying to have their records removed from stores and things like that and not letting that music be played or sold. They litigated that and every song on that album was actually eventually cleared except for Beta Motel. Really? That is the only one because, and I'm assuming they were like, no, this one is too obscene. And I'm assuming, I mean, the lyrics are very blunt, but the one specific towards the end is like, she's like yelling, rape me. Yeah. And so, I mean, it's a tough listen. Yeah. Like emotionally, like it really is, deals with some heavy subject matter, but that's my favorite of the ones that the girl sings on. Yeah. Uh, Big A, Little A, I gave two thumbs up. That's probably my favorite song off of everything here. You've Got Big Hands, thumbs down. (laughs) (laughs) That's another one that's a droner. Yeah. Uh, Bloody Revolutions, I put thumbs up. One of the only songs I like with female vocals, but too long. Yeah, it is very long. (laughs) Um, I like that one. It's it's also very interesting, like, 
just it does a take on i think it's the british national anthem yeah yeah i i liked i liked it i just felt like it went on too long basically any of the songs without the women singing yeah that's kind of from like their first two albums i believe and then they brought the women on so at that time frame they intentionally started making their music more more in depth and more a little bit of a higher production quality and trying to really write intricate songs. Okay. At that point, they were trying to get away from punk and get more into like classical and jazz music. And you can kind of That's hear an, it. Okay. You yeah. can kind of hear it in yeah. their songs because they are much better put together. Yeah. And less droning on. <laughs> Those are definitely some of the earlier songs. Yeah. Um, and the last one I have notes on is Band from the Roxy. So the term I'm going to use here is a term that my students use. I say it's mid. Are you familiar with that at all? Yeah, it means it's like in the middle. Yeah, but actually not really. Like it's mid. Like from, low from, mid? Yeah, that's what I'm told. It, when you say something's mid, that's like a, it's okay, but it's not that great. It's a slight. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, and that one's pretty interesting. That one's, if you didn't guess, yeah. they played a, two shows at the Roxy. And they probably got and banned. And the second one, they got banned. They got kicked <laughs> out. <laughs> so... So my note from that also is, what the fuck is a squatty? S-Q-U-A-D-D-Y. No idea. It is a British slang term for a private soldier. Okay. Yeah. So like a security guard. Yeah. Yeah, Well, I wasn't sure if private meant like the rank or if private meant something like a security guard working for a private company. I wasn't sure what, what that meant. So anyway, that's what a squatty means. So, yeah, that's basically my notes as far as song to song. Okay. Those are my thoughts. Well, and I would agree. So, I'll tell you, this is not a band. I've listened to that playlist a few times in the last couple weeks Mm -hmm. um, since I, you know, I knew we were going to be talking about it. Yeah. But I'll be honest with you, a short of, if I were to, like, put on Crass, I Mm -hmm. would listen to Big A, Little A, Beta Motel, Band from the Roxy, uh, Systemic Death. Okay. Bloody Revolution. Probably those five songs. Yeah. The rest of them, I, it's not something, it's not just a fun listen. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really isn't. It's not just. Whereas those ones, I could just put them on, listen to them, and be like, yeah, get yeah. pumped. Get pumped up. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, most of it is, <laughs> you know, I have a special place in my heart, but it's reserved for Thor from 20 years ago. Sure. You know, yeah. Right? I, I totally get that. Totally understand that. It's locked away in a room that only teenage Thor can get can to. get into. <laughs> the overall experience of listening, I felt like I was listening to a documentary, but they weren't talking to me like a documentary. I felt like I was listening to it and I was getting all of this like really interesting because it was kind of a look in society at that time. So mm-hmm. I was reading the lyrics and listening to the music and it was very informative from their point of view. Yeah. And so... On that note, I kind of liked it because it was interesting. But the music, I not so much. Yeah. No, as as I told you when I recommended it to you, yeah. their music is aggressive, it is brash, and sometimes physically uncomfortable to listen to. Yeah. That is how yeah. I would describe it to anyone. Yeah. But I mean, it's an experience. It is an experience. Yeah, and it's it's 
widened my viewpoints a bit. It's exposed me to something that I, again, would not have listened to. <laughs> I, I didn't even have to check <laughs> with this one with you. I was like, he's never heard I've this. Never, yeah. I, there are very few people I've met who have heard this, Yeah, honestly. It's uh, just so obscure. In this day and age, it's obscure music. Yeah. It really is. I would agree. All righty, man. So, uh, rating time. Sure, yeah. I, we may as well. Might um, as well. On a scale of on a scale of one to ten mohawks. Okay. One to ten mohawks. I don't think it's appropriate. I just can't think of anything else, genuinely. <laughs> one to ten not mohawks because they're crass. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. They hated mohawks. They hated mohawks. Fuck the punks. Um I would say Four is where I'm gonna go. I'm gonna higher go, than I expected. Yeah, I'm gonna go four <laughs> again because the overall experience. Music is not for me, but figuring out and learning about everything that they did and got into was was an experience, and so for that I appreciated it. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Cool. So Mikey gives it four out of ten non Mohawks. Yep. Uh, yep. I would say listen at your own discretion. Listen at uh, be be advised. You know, listen. At your own discomfort. Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm not responsible for your discomfort. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you've heard our thoughts, right? So Thor went through all of this trouble to make a playlist. You might as well listen to it. Yeah. So so give it a listen. Honestly, if you made it this far without having stopped and listened to it, what are you doing? Right? You, yeah. Just give it a listen. It's in the it's in the description. At least listen to like the first five songs. And after that, I mean, yeah, yeah. It at gives that you, point, <laughs> at that point, you're going to start to tune out. Yeah. <laughs> it gives you a good vibe of 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 where the crass is yeah, going. What they're about. Yeah. All righty. So what do you got for me? Well, we're going to keep going on this musical train. But this time... We're going to get into a musical. Okay. We're going to get into a musical that made no money. Okay. No money at all. Because technically they can't make money because they don't have the rights to make any money. We're going to listen and watch a very Potter musical. Okay. Yep. So basically, from what I gather, this college wrote up a whole musical about Harry Potter. They have no rights to anything Harry Potter at all. And they just decided to make their own musical, and then they videotaped it, and then they released it on YouTube for free to watch. The quality's not great. The music's okay. It's more comedic than actual Harry Potter. Uh, And my wife really wanted us to discuss it. Awesome. So this one's one's more coming from Ashley than me, but it's, it's definitely worth a watch. And this is on YouTube, correct? On YouTube. Yep. You can just type in a very Potter musical. It's kind of sectioned off into, I'm going to say 50 some parts. It sounds like a lot, but each part is like seven or eight minutes long. Cool. So it's a play. So maybe the whole runtime is two and a half hours ish. Get an ad blocker uh, if you don't have one <laughs> and, then, and then start watching it on YouTube. Very cool. So next week, a very Potter musical. Yep. Um, Anything else? No, I think that's it. All right. Well, watch a very Potter musical crew and listen to Crass, uh, specifically Big A, Little A. If you don't listen to anything else, that's what I'm saying you should listen to. That song's the shit. Big A, Little A. Well, 
another one in the books, Micah. That's right. So as always, folks, get wrecked. Stay wrecked. Good night, everybody.